This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude. I wanted to eat everything. And I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Some of the things that I love particularly about my Delta airline experience was first, the amazing customer service. Everyone there was so kind, so welcoming, so present, so attentive. And a small thing, but was big to me, was just something simple as having headphones so that I can enjoy more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. I mean, my flight wasn't that long, but I got to catch up on a movie, some shows, just things I don't have time to do usually at home. I was able to enjoy that in the air. Delta also offers fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi, and it's available for SkyMiles members. Being able to access the Wi-Fi, I was able to order some groceries and just get a head start on my week. It was a great end to my experience and ushered me right back in to be at home. So even if you're not home yet, Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up. Presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way.
Uh, before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you guys to pre-order my first book, Blessed and Bossed Up, Surrendering Your Ambition So God Can Have His Way. I'm super excited to be kicking off the eight-day challenge, uh, God is My CEO Challenge with Kavaya Watrice of the She Who Was Called mobile app. We are going to be doing a challenge together. So this challenge is pretty much similar to the reading plans in the Bible app. And so there will be a devotional from each chapter of my book along with scriptures to help you study and learn how to make God the CEO of your business. We will also be doing um, live streams throughout the challenge to hold everybody accountable and to make sure that we are all um, trekking along on this journey of making and keeping God our CEO together. So in order to join the challenge, you have to pre-order the book and the link for all of those things will be in the description. And yeah, I think that's it for announcements. Oh, also, I will be speaking at a retreat in November for faith-based entrepreneurs called For Visionaries Only. I'm really excited about speaking here because the uh, founder of it, Jasmine, is actually a listener of the show. And I got to meet her when I spoke at the, um, what was the name of that conference? I forgot the name of the conference. Um, I think it was the Ladies of Business Conference yeah, in Atlanta a couple months ago. And so she's just so sweet. And I'm so excited that that God has really given her this vision to do a retreat for faith-based entrepreneurs. She also has a podcast that's called the Faithpreneur Podcast. And I'm going to put the link for the retreat as well as her podcast in the description so you guys, so you guys could listen to that podcast. It's important that... I personally just don't think it's not I don't think that there are enough resources for people who are entrepreneurs um, or just millennials in general who are Christians. It's it's hard for us to find things that feed both the righteous and the ratchet or that feeds the business side of us as well as the faith based side of us. So I'm proud or just excited that God is using me as a vessel, but I'm even more excited for the other people that God is bringing up to be a vessel as well. And so Jack. Jasmine is one of those people. So go to fourvisionariesonly.com to get more information about the retreat. I will be there speaking. I forgot which day, but I will be there um, speaking. So come meet me there so I can meet you in person, give you a hug. Thank you for listening to the show and all of that good stuff. Uh, So yeah, that's it for announcements. For today's episode, I'm going to answer some questions. And then at the end, I'm going to do something different that I I haven't done on this show before. I usually pray before recording the podcast and then I just get started after that. But today I want to say a prayer at the end of the episode, um, a prayer that I say for myself every single day. And I really want to speak to those people who may be struggling a little bit Um in this month or just in this season in your lives, there's always that space. And I've done multiple episodes on this, but that season of being planted or that space of being where you are and waiting for what God has promised you or that space between you working hard and you're doing everything you feel like you can do. You're praying, you don't surrendered it all to God and you can't see any results of that right away. So that person who's in that frustrated space where you're just waiting for that breakthrough, I have a prayer for you um it's 
I, I, I mean, I'm in that space myself. And so I definitely want to pray for those of you guys who may be like me and just have to take things one day at a time and just have faith that God is going to come through with everything that he says he will. Because at the end of the day, we know that God isn't a liar and his timing is always perfect. It may not always be when we want it, but it's definitely always perfect uh, for the big picture. So I'm going to do that at the very end of the show. But before then, I do want to answer a few questions. If you have a question that you want answered on the show, go to blessedandbossedup.com. You can click on the Ask a Boss tab to submit your question, or you can email me, Tatum, at tatumtamia.com, and I will answer your question. Now, this first question, this question, this email came in, I don't know if it came in late or early in the morning. I just know I didn't see it until super early in the morning. And I literally cried thug tears when I read this email and she had a question at the end of it. But I did want to read a bit of her testimony because this speaks to on a podcast. I talk a lot about um, I talk to people who may be who may be stagnant by fear or who may be paralyzed by fear, or you may have this vision and you're afraid that you don't, you're not qualified for it, or God may have put something in your heart and there's something stopping you from actually implementing that implementing that. And when I talked about those things before, I always say, think about what if you don't do that? What, what does that mean for the person that you're supposed to help? And so I always get emails like this right when I'm feeling discouraged. Like, God, I don't have anything to say right now. You know, I'm struggling myself with making sure that my head is on straight, with making sure that I'm praying every day that I'm not only uh, surrendering my all to you, but making sure that I'm not taking it back. And I'm not seeing the results of that right now. It's frustrating, but I'm pushing through every single day because I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me. And, and, And this is just me talking out loud to God. And I'm like, but God, I'm getting tired. I don't have anything else to say. And my favorite scripture and the scripture I always give people who are in those similar spaces is God is made strong in us when we're weak. And so whenever I get, it it seems like every single time I get into that space where I feel weak, but I'm pushing through it, I get emails like this to remind me why I do the things that I do and why I have to continue to um, do this podcast every week and why I have to continue to pray. Because in addition to doing this podcast every week, there's a lot that I do that people don't know about. You know what I mean? When When I talk about, my relationship with God and how I surrendered everything to him. I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. I really live that in my real life. And so that a lot of times I spend a lot of time in my prayer closet or there are people in my life who look to me to pray for them or who look to me for guidance or who look to me to go to God on their behalf and then come back to them with anything that he may give me. And I feel obligated to be that person for those people because I have had somebody who was that person for me, who when I couldn't hear from God myself, who would speak um, to me or what God would use them to speak to me. Or when I felt like I didn't know how to pray strategically, they taught me how to do that. Or they showed me through their actions what it's like to be a woman of God and a virtuous woman. So for me, it, I would be doing God and everybody else a disservice if I didn't do that for other people now that I've built a certain level of maturity in my spiritual walk. And so 
that is very important for me. And so because of that, I spend a lot of time praying for other people and really checking myself to make sure that I'm actually living what I talk about because integrity is huge for me. And I also need also like to make sure that my priorities are in order. Like I don't want to be successful in business and my marriage is falling apart. I don't want to be that person where I'm giving you all the gems to be successful, but then you never, but then you go from seeing my husband to never seeing my husband because we got a divorce on the low because I sacrificed actually building my marriage for my business. You know, that's not going to work for me. I need to, for, it's so important for me to just be a, a virtuous woman in general who that Proverbs 31 woman, who's able to um, maintain her household, who's able to have a a successful marriage as well as having a successful business and who's able to do all of these things. And so that means my offline life has to be a certain type of way. And I have to be committed to um, growing and allowing God to make me into the woman that I aspire to be and the woman that he's called me to be. But to bring it full circle, a lot of times all of that work or all of the things that you go through to become that person can be heavy. And so, um, yeah, and whenever I get to that point where it is heavy for me and I feel like I'm weak, God always sends me emails like this to remind me not only am I capable of pushing through and doing what he called me to do, but there's also lives that are on the line and that I will actually give this advice to anybody who may be having similar struggles um, is to find out what, how can you, I guess, trick yourself into pushing through. So for me, if I feel like somebody is looking up to me, I would let myself down before I let somebody else down who is looking up to me. And I I know that about myself and I know God knows that about me. And so I, I think that's why he does send me emails like this when I'm going through it, because it gives me the strength I need to be like, Tatum, you got to push through like you got to get up. You got to um, make sure that you're strong so that you can be there for these people who may not go to church every Sunday, but they listen to your podcast, who may not be able to connect with the super saved folks that they know, but they can connect with you. So you got to get it together. You can't afford to not pray today. You can't afford to um, just be like, man, I'm just going to go back to the way I used to do things. You can't afford to do that because you're an example for other people. So for me, again, I know that when somebody's counting on me and it's easy to forget that when doing something like a podcast, because like I say all the time, in essence, I'm just sitting at my kitchen table and talking to myself. And so I don't always get to see the people that I'm impacting. So when I get emails, like this it just reminds me of there's people looking up to you so again for anybody that may be struggling a little bit with pushing through figure out what that thing is for you that's going to keep you going is it your child you know for the people who have children do something where you looking at your daughter every day or maybe look at your kid or tell your kid what it is you're trying to, to do and say hey I want you to keep me accountable for this and kids are so honest I'm sure they'll be like, hey, mom, didn't you say you were going to work out every day? Like whatever you tell them, I I would even try that to see um, if that works. But just really think about what motivates you um, and how you can use that to 
uh, get the strength that you need to push through the season that you may be in or any difficult season you may be in. But nevertheless, I'm going to read a bit of this email and tell you guys why this email really touched me so much. And And as I'm reading this, I want you to think about the people that you serve. So if you are a um, let's say you're a business coach, I want you to picture this person is that client that you want to help. Or if you are a therapist, think about this person as one of your clients, like put whoever it is that you want to help in this story um, so that it can give you encouragement the same way that it did me. So I'm going to leave her name out. She didn't ask me to, but I'm going to just leave it out. So she says, I wanted to reach out to you for a couple different reasons. The main reason being to thank you for doing God's work. Listening to your podcast has been a light in my life for quite some time now. I grew up with God. However, I began straying away from him in my teenage years. I'm now 23. I spent the last four years of my life in a mentally and physically abusive relationship with my son's father. I began hitting a low place at the beginning of this year. I can't remember exactly how I came across your podcast, but I remember the episode I listened to. You said something along the lines of God wants me to use this platform to speak to somebody who needs him. I knew in my heart that was meant for me. At this time, I had no idea what exactly it meant, but I knew God was trying to come back into my life. So we'll say that was probably January. I began to love listening to your podcast. I would listen to it when I cleaned my house. So for months, I binge listened to all the episodes of the past when I I could. Now, April came and I got the very first uneasy feeling that I needed to leave my child's father. I know that was God finally getting through to me what I had been so blind to see. Now, leaving him was easier said than done. I have failed many times in the past, so I began silently planning my escape. Now, June came and I felt very off. I decided to make an appointment make a spur a moment appointment with a therapist. I was confused because it felt so random. I had no clue why I needed to go. I just felt like I had to. The second appointment hit me. For the first time, I admitted to, to not only the therapist, but to myself as well, that I was in a very toxic relationship and I needed to get out. I knew in my heart that with God on my side, therapy and proper medication for my anxiety and depression, I was going to find the strength to save myself from this relationship for good this time with everything crumbling around me jobless broke eviction I knew that all of this was happening for a reason so I stayed still I was the sole provider for the household for the last four years until my depression had forced me out of my job but I thank God for that because my eviction was going to be my escape I let my son's father think that we were going to move into his mother's house with him but I was highly considering a shelter I absolutely I knew I absolutely could not get trapped at his mother's house with him when it became apparent I was not going there with him he packed his belongings and left with no hesitation that was the end of July so here we are in August I'm moving back in with family that is very supportive of me admitting I have been abused for the last four years I'm now strong enough to recognize the mind games my son's father played with me to manipulate me into providing a life that revolved around him like he was my master I'm starting a new job next week I'm back in contact with my friends and family that I have been isolated from but most importantly I have opened my arms wide and welcoming God back into my life fully I owe that to your podcast 
Where I am today would not be possible without God. Without your podcast, God may not have reached me in time. Not only did you bring God back into my life, but you encouraged me, encouraged me to be blessed and bossed up. So then she went on to explain in her business idea um, with a question. She wanted my feedback. So I actually will answer this as a question, but I wanted to just read this beginning part because I read, I, I really, I remember I woke up and I checked my email. It was maybe 530 in the morning and I read this email and I literally like was shedding thug tears because it was like, huh? How, me, God, like little old me, you thought so much a little old me to have me just run my mouth and just do what you say for, for an hour a week. And it touches people like this to the point where like, I, I I really just can't even explain the feeling, you know, to the point where she went to therapy. And one of my favorite, the, one of the things I know for a fact, my purpose is not to be your end all be all when it comes to God or business. My job is to either plant a seed or water a seed that's already been planted. And that is all I want to do. And God will do the rest. And so for me, it's like for you to listen to this show and feel for you to listen to this show and this seed gets planted and then you go to therapy and you seek a qualified professional to help you navigate the situation as well as treat the um, anxiety and depression. And then a combination of whatever I say with seeking treatment from this professional has aided you into being able to, being able to leave an abusive situation. You're only 23 years old. Like I can't even fathom me, little old me, Tatum, <laughs> regular degla Tatum, to be able to have that type of effect on somebody. And so the reason why I wanted to read this before even getting into the actual questions is that there are, are some of you who are hiding from God's vision for you. And you're hiding from that business idea that he put in your heart. And you're hiding from your purpose because you're either scared you either think that you're not qualified you think that you aren't important enough you think that you've been through too much and because of all the things that you've been through that you're not worthy of being this important like whatever it is there's some of you guys who are really hiding from God's best for you and the reason why I read this email is because there are people just like her that needed me who need you. And there are even some people who are making strides in the ideas that God has given them. You're making strides in the business idea that he gave you. But you're about to quit if you haven't quit already. And there are people like this who need you. I don't know her from, I do not know her at all. And I would not have been able to reach her. I promise you a social media post wouldn't have been as, been as effective as this or me trying to portray myself as this 
a super bossed up perfect person who got it all figured out would not have done this it's my vulnerability my transparency and my willingness to be used by God and to exalt him and not myself that uh, that allows this to happen things like this to happen and it's the same thing for a lot of you guys some of you guys may even be in positions where you feel like you have to put on a face that's really not you and I can and I feel that like I understand that because when it came to entrepreneurship for me in the beginning, I felt like who I was wasn't cool enough to be um, influential because I don't care about the things a lot of people care about. You know, I care about being effective more so than painting pretty pictures. I care about being real and actually helping people as opposed to just making it look like I got it all figured out. I don't want to waste my time with those things. I want to waste my time being who I say I am offline as well as helping people navigate where they are. Like I, I personally just didn't think that you could be influential or successful without being superficial. And uh, that kept me kind of in a box for a while. And it kept, it kept me just in my head, like God, and I don't know if if I'm cut out to be doing this stuff because I don't, I don't want to I don't want success or influence or whatever if I have to be somebody else. And God told me, I don't need you to be anybody but who I created you to be and I just need you to do what I tell you to do. And I committed to that. And it's the same thing for you, whatever for you guys. It may be the person who is stagnant. It may be the person who's about to quit. And I don't know what lies the enemy is telling you. I don't know what lies are pop or uh, uh, yeah, what lies are coming to you in a form of negative thoughts. But I, I just really hope that whoever falls into those categories and, or can relate to anything that I said, I pray that that you can listen to her story and think about the person who you're supposed to help. Um, I can't even fathom like if I was to not have done this podcast or if I was to left the podcast how it was and not listen to God when he told me to change it. What would that have mean? What would that mean for her? I couldn't live with myself if I knew that somebody a 23 year old she was 19 when she got into this relationship that a 23 year old a 19 year old 20 year old 21 year old 22 year old a 23 year old that she was in an abusive relationship that she was that she was suffering from anxiety and depression in this relationship that if I wouldn't have done this that she may not have been able to get to uh, God may not have been able to reach her now I firmly believe that if if I wasn't willing to do this, God was going to reach her through somebody else. But still, like, I can't even think about if I was to not do this, what that would mean for other people. So I really want you guys to put who you're supposed to help in this. And yeah, this was a lot. This reading this again got me shedding thug tears as I'm talking to y'all. So I'm gonna take a break real quick and I'm gonna come back with to answer her actual question about the business idea God gave her. Okay, so to get to her question, um, to make it short, she 
had been praying and really just asking God of how can she or what business idea um, was for her? What business could she start? Because she knew she wanted to be her own boss um, and she knew she wanted to make money. So she was just praying and keeping a prayer journal and asked God to give her guidance. And so through that, she said that God gave her the idea to pretty much tell her story and help other women who are domestic violence survivors as well. So first, um, so her name that she goes by is D Joy. And I want y'all to actually, everybody just go follow her and show her so much love for just getting through this. I think I come from a household where um, my mother was abused and this, these type of stories truly, truly touch my heart because I've experienced this um, as an onlooker, I guess, from being in that household. Um, and my parents are still together. So to know that you really just sought God on behalf of what you should do and he led you out of that, it truly touches my heart because a lot of people stay in those situations and uh, yeah, I'm, I just want you to know that I'm extremely proud of you. And I pray that God continues to to expand your territory. I pray that I pray for uh, just indescribable amounts of blessings for you. I mean, we talk about August being a month of new beginnings. And just as you talking, as you're um, not talking, but in your email, you talking about getting a new job and, and moving in with family and you didn't even have to go to a shelter. So I just... I just pray that God continues to bless you. I pray that he continues to protect you as well as your child. I pray that um, you just continue to find peace and strength as you go through recovering from this type of trauma. And I pray that that God also touches your therapist and he speaks through her when she speaks, he or she speaks through you. And I just pray that God just continues to be with you and bless you and show you um, the possibilities that are out there for you as a result of you being obedient um but anyway to the question so her question was well she wanted feedback on what she wants to do so she was going to go by the name d joy for safety reasons and um she has a name of the joy after dark project which is phenomenal and um she wanted to do a poetry book to um express how being in an abusive relationship felt and also as a revenue stream and then she also thought about um from listening to last week's episode about podcasts she thought about doing a podcast um so my thoughts for this is i think the name is excellent i do think a podcast will be the best uh avenue for you to be like your main marketing um your main marketing vehicle so but also with the podcast I will really think I, I think that you should really prioritize thinking about your segments and be very intentional about the segments on your show so really think about what did you need in those spaces like if you can put yourself back in your shoes before you left what did you what did you need and talk about that and create segments for that. So what's coming to my head as I'm talking is maybe like a dear diary. I don't know. You said you started keeping a prayer journal, but I don't know if you kept a journal prior to um, the prayer journal, but just really connecting with that woman who's still in that situation. And then maybe bringing experts on a show that help women who have um, survived domestic violence situations, or even bringing other domestic violence survivors on the show to talk about um, 
how they were able to get out of their situations and also really be honest and transparent about what your life is like now now that you're out that situation because I know that just because you are not with this person anymore that doesn't mean that the work stops you know what I mean there's still things that you have to heal within yourself moving forward how do you navigate being a mother and and it could because a lot of women stay in situations because of the children and so how do you navigate being a mother um, during that situation as well as after that situation how do you help your child heal while you're still healing as well I think there's so much opportunity for this this project for you now you talked about doing the as far as revenue streams is concerned you talked about doing the um the poetry book but in addition to the poetry book I I think you should just write a book and tell your story just a very honest story of what that was like while it's while you're knee deep in it as well as the struggles that everything I talked about before the struggles that you're still going through as you're out of it um the same way I feel about like success or um even Christians a lot of people get on this high horse of being so far removed from the trenches that they are unable to relate to people who are still knee deep in it and so now because you are at this pivotal point of being out but still navigating what out looks like I think you should really write a book or something that really connects with people um who are in the same situation as you. Um, and then, yeah, just use your podcast to continue to have these conversations and definitely have experts on it. Talk about why you chose to go to therapy. I know you said that you had this strong urge and I know that was definitely God leading you there, but talk about debunking this stereotype of therapy, you know what I mean? Or, or this stereotype of what happens in his house stays in his house. And I know in abusive relationships, you're silenced. So how have you been able to get your voice back? So really talk about about this stuff. I do think the poetry book is a good idea, but I will suggest you really tell your story as well. And because God is leading you, she said that God was leading her to be a speaker too. So because God is leading you to be a speaker, speak as much as possible and not just on the podcast. I'm not sure how you feel about video, um, but definitely think about that and pray about that because if you're comfortable with video, I think that a visual podcast will be perfect because it'll allow you to take the, um, it'll allow you to take the audio and use it on all podcast platforms, but it'll allow the people who are connecting with you, your, your target audience to really see you and put in a face a lot of times to that makes you that much more relatable. Um, so yeah, just some things to think about. Those are my thoughts on that. The next question was from anonymous. <laughs> they said, um, I'm still working a nine to five, but I want to start hosting dinner parties. I want to turn it into a monthly networking event for like-minded individuals. I love to cook and friends have already come to small parties I've hosted. Can I turn this into a source of income and how can I think bigger? Great question. So my first question I guess definitely have a question follow-up is what problem are you solving the hardest businesses to really like get off the ground or to sell is when you have to convince somebody that they actually need it so how can you take this idea of hosting dinner parties and make it something that solves the actual problem and um, as far as networking events go 
I personally just think that there's enough networking events. There are a lot of networking events and I personally don't go to them because a lot of the times it's just people who just aren't serious. It's a lot of times it's, it's people who are just there to talk about all their hopes and dreams that they're not doing anything about once they leave the networking event or it's they're talking to you to kind of see who you know and what value you bring to them as opposed to it being a mutually beneficial situation. So networking events for me have not been very useful um any net the network that I've built has always been organically and I've never had to go to an event to do it it's been from people that I may have met through somebody else or um, a lot of the entrepreneur relationships I have are from when I had a business coach and I met other clients of hers and we just connected and stayed in touch and then they may have connected me to someone else it's just been organic situations where we were already invested um, into something to where I knew that they were truly like-minded like-minded is so general because we could be like-minded on one thing and not like-minded on something else we could be like-minded as far as our faith goes but not like-minded as far as entrepreneurship goes or we can be like-minded as far as what foods we like but that's pretty much it so again I would really think about what problem you're solving. Otherwise, you probably will be able to sell some tickets to some events, but I don't really think foresee if you just go through, go into it um, without a specific uh, target or problem being solved. If you don't do that, then I think you'll just end up struggling and selling struck. I can't talk today. Struggling to sell tickets or struggling to scale it into something bigger. Um, so again, that goes back to the question of what problems are you solving? Who is the target audience for this? Who is it? Who are these dinner parties for? If I think for myself, something that I would be interested in is going to a dinner party with um, entrepreneurs who are Christian, who have been entrepreneurs, who have been self-employed for quite some time, um, or who have reached a certain level of income or influence or something like that. It would, it, the, that's the kind of event I would like to go to. Um, just because I think everybody has been invested in their own stuff enough to where we can all really be and have been successful in their own stuff for long enough to where we could all really bring something of value to each other. So yeah, think about what problem you're solving and who you're looking to serve. Um, and then when you talk about how can I think bigger, I think about as soon as I read your question, I thought about dinner. I don't know how to say this dinner on block or dinner and block or whatever, but it's this dinner party where people dress in all white and it's just this huge thing all over the world. They do this in like multiple continents. It's this huge international dinner party. I have no idea how they made this happen. So as far as thinking bigger is concerned, I would even look into them and study what they did like look into what their mission is because if it's mission based that might explain something a little bit but just really look into them because I think whoever created this has successfully created like this massive thing and it's in essence just a dinner party so yeah and then also when it goes back to what 
um, how you can think bigger and what problems you're solving. You can maybe, let's say if you, if you threw dinner parties specifically for client-based entrepreneurs. So maybe a, a business coach or somebody who's, or who's managing multiple brands and may not have time to plan things to keep their clients engaged. You know, you can maybe plan the dinner parties for their clients um, to where they're not doing anything. They're just basically paying you to keep their clients engaged. So, or any other type of professional who has clients that they need to, um, that they need to engage, uh, you can plan dinner parties for them or any type of, let's say people who are looking to recruit new clients and you can throw dinner parties for prospects that allows them to, that allows the business owner to maximize that return on investment or allows them to turn the prospects that they have in the room into potential clients through this dinner party. So just some stuff to think about um, as far as scaling that idea. But you do want to get as specific as possible when it comes to that. Okay, so the last question somebody asked me about on Twitter, she asked me to explain the work that goes into the engagement season. And I was hesitant on answering this because I really don't like to talk about relationships. Reason being is that I feel like there's no such thing as a a relationship expert. I feel like people are going to different things work for different people. There are certain generics that we can apply across the board, but I don't like to tell people what to do in their love life. Because I mean, who am I? And my stuff, the things that I do may work for me, but they may not work for somebody else. But I do. I did decide to answer this um, because I do believe the answer can help some people. Um, But she's basically was saying how. A lot of people talk about, uh, of course, getting married and things like that, but nobody really talks about the work that goes into the engagement season. And so to tell you a little bit about the work that goes in that has gone into my engagement season, which may be different from other people, is that um, the basis of it, in all honesty, is really just premarital counseling. I would suggest that every couple goes to premarital counseling because it forces you to look at certain things within a relationship that you may not have looked at yet. You may have been so in love that you didn't get around to, I don't know, asking what their credit score is, or you didn't get around to asking them how much debt they have, because once you get married, that becomes your debt, or you didn't get around to talking about what are you going to do when an argument ensues, getting getting those true uh conflict management tools or conflict resolution tools together so that you can you guys can be able to address problems as they happen and healthily move through them or um, what does faith mean in your marriage are you going to pray together like all of these things just these little things that we don't always talk about uh, a lot of those things come up in premarital counseling or the baggage that you didn't even know you had that is coming up in a relationship really figuring that stuff out so for me the work that goes into the engagement season is taking premarital counseling so you can have outside people, outside perspective from outside third party people helping you to be able to navigate your relationship. For me in my engagement season, it's really important for me. And I've talked about this on a podcast before is I don't have a lot of examples of healthy marriages. And I also know that God wants a lot of generational curses to die with me. So for me, the engagement season was really just seeking God on what I needed to change to be ready to be married. And 
So that for me, that meant going to counseling with my mother because I got mommy issues and daddy issues. So I would be a fool to think that those things would not translate into my relationship. And so it, it, I had to look myself in the mirror and really pray and ask God to show me things about myself. I didn't necessarily want to look at that. I needed to fix so that I can be ready to become one with something else. I feel like I needed to be whole prior to um, becoming one with another person. Now that's work that you need to do on yourself all the time, as well as not just any engagement season, but in general. But for me, those were things that I was working on, but getting engaged kind of put a battery in my back for it because now there was a timeline being put to this stuff. And I knew like, okay, a lot of these things have to die before I say I do. And um, a lot of those things, I, I have to be honest, I'm proud of myself. You know, if I look at myself, I got engaged in December. If I look at the things that I used to do or whatever, and I was never like terrible. These are just, you know, and for me, a lot of this stuff, it didn't manifest. So a lot of my baggage didn't manifest in horrible ways, but I just knew that it was not my best. And if I want to be excellent as a person and, and be the woman that God called me to be, I had to fix those things, even if they seem to be not that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, if I look at who I was in November prior to getting engaged versus who I am today, it's a total difference. And it's all from just not just going to premarital counseling, but really digging deep into my relationship with God and what he wants for me. And it, a lot of my prayers and the things that I've been working on haven't just been business. It's been for me. Like, God, what do you what do you want from me? What do you need from me in order to go into this marriage successfully and have a successful marriage? What do I have to stop doing in order to not continue the cycles that have gone on in my family? And, you know, it's interesting. Um, what, something that showed up for me is that. I will always say I'm never going to date a man like my father. My father's selfish. He's manipulative. He's all of these things. I'm not going to date a man like that. And I worked so hard to make sure that anytime I saw these signs that this a person reminds me of my father or whatever, it's like, no, I'm not dealing with that person or whatever. I was just so gung ho on not repeating the cycle of choosing a man that would treat me the way a lot of the men in my family have treated women to where I didn't even realize I ended up turning out <laughs> like my father and not as extreme as him, but I would be talking down or snappy and rude to the person that I'm with or, or having a short, uh, a short fuse or thinking that because he thought differently than me and somehow he was less than like, I didn't realize I was so focused on finding somebody who wasn't like my father that I turned into my father. And that was something I noticed about myself early on in my relationship with BJ. And it's something that I worked through even prior to us getting engaged. I was like, why do I be going off on him? Like, or why does he irritate me so bad whenever he doesn't think like me? And I realized that that was a trait that I carried from my father because a lot of his 
not so great behaviors was because he viewed anybody who didn't think like him as less than. And here I am perpetuating that same thing. And I also realized that I never learned that. I always thought that when you get in a relationship that they were, you were supposed to be with somebody who was just like you. Like, you know, y'all was supposed to like the same stuff. Y'all was supposed to have all these things in common. Y'all was supposed to think alike, talk alike. And everything was supposed to be the same. And so when I when I got into the relationship that was meant for me, when I met the person who God sent to be my husband, he was the complete opposite of me. And I thought that there was something wrong with that. And that was where a lot of my snappiness or wherever came from. But it's because I wasn't educated correctly on what relationships were. And I didn't know that opposites work because where I'm weak, he's strong, where he's weak. Um, I'm strong. He's very, I'm a results person. So I'm very like, get straight to the point. No fluff. He is more so of, let me step, let me step back for a second. Let me analyze everything. Let me make sure every I is dotted. Every T is crossed. I'm real introverted. I like to stay to myself. He's the life of the party. He going to go speak to everybody or whatever, but that works because he, he's able to fit gaps in me and I'm able to fit gaps in him. So when we come together, because when you get married, you become one with somebody. So when we come together as one, we are, we create an, an immovable force. Can't nobody mess with us when we're together. You might have an end when we by ourselves because those weaknesses are exposed. But because we're opposite, when we come together, you can't touch us. But I didn't think about I didn't think about relationships like that. And it didn't it didn't occur to me until I just began to learn more about what it means to be a wife and what my job and my role is as a wife and how my childhood has shaped my perspective and the way I go about relationships and premarital counseling, bringing up certain things and all of this. It wasn't until I really just looked at what was going on below the surface and and um, worked on those things that I realized this stuff. And so that would be the work that I that I value as far as the engagement season goes. The wedding stuff is cool. You know, we're, our wedding's in January. It's going to be in Jamaica. It's going to be beautiful. Picked out bridesmaids dresses yesterday. Well, we, they, we had to pick out new bridesmaids dresses. So the wedding is coming along nice. And but, but that was never my priority. My priority is making sure that when I say I do to this person, it's going to stay like that till death do us part. And not only is it going to stay like that till death do us part, but we're going to be happy and healthy as well. It's not going to be one of those. I'm sticking with you because I don't believe in divorce and you can treat me any type of way or I can treat you any type of way. It's not going to it's not going to be like that. Um, So for me, having that the end in mind and we we learned this yesterday in premarital counseling. Um, One of our counselors was just saying how a lot of people mess up because they don't have a vision. They don't have a vision for their finances or for their marriage or whatever. So it's hard for them to make. They don't always make the right short term decisions because they don't have an end goal in mind. So for us really having that end goal in mind, of we want to have a long, successful marriage. So the priority in our engagement season has been he works on himself. I work on myself and we work on how we can be better together. We have an argument. We taking it to the counselors so we could figure out what we did wrong in this situation. If an argument lasts too long, how can we fix this so that we're not mad at each other for an extended period of time? How can I work on the fact that I shut down so that 
we can get through problems um, quicker. So just recognizing the flaws in ourselves and how we can navigate those and just be stronger together has been the priority of our engagement season and the work that we've done um, prior to getting married. And so that's, that's something that I would suggest to anybody because at the end of the day, any, even God forbid, let's say you don't even get married. You're now a better person as a result of doing that work. And then um, when you do get married, you're a better you're a better couple as well as better individuals as a result of doing that work. So when it comes to the engagement season, that's what I like to talk about. The wedding stuff is great. I'll post lots of pictures for you guys. But just doing that work to make sure that we become one and have a healthy marriage and we go and do what God called us to do together is the number one priority. All right, you guys. So that wraps up the questions. Um, Remember, I did say that I wanted to end this podcast with a prayer. Um, This is a prayer for anybody who falls into what I talked about earlier of just being just in a a stressful season. Um, I'm going to say this prayer uh, and then we're going to wrap up. Okay. Father, I thank you that according to Matthew 16, 19, that you have given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Therefore, Father, I bind pride, anxiety, depression, selfishness, timidity, debt, failure, fear, divorce, generational curses, poverty in both the mind and pockets, averageness, laziness, lack of discipline, sickness and disease, self um, and self-doubt in Jesus name, the name that is above every single name. Lord, I also loose wealth, success, humility, peace, joy, self-control, discipline, boldness, productivity, generational blessings, excellence, health in both the mind and body and confidence in Jesus name. I thank you, Lord, for being our protection. We thank you, Father, that according to uh, Psalms 91, seven, though a thousand may fall at our side, though 10,000 are falling around us, these evils will not touch us, Lord God. So Father, we thank you for all of the protection of you and your angels that are promised to us, Father. We ask that you dwell in our minds as well as in our hearts, Lord God. Give us peace during this season, Father. Peace to rest in that you are perfecting all things concerning us. And while it may be difficult, Lord God, while it may be uncomfortable as you disfigure us in order to build us back up, we ask for peace throughout this process, for joy throughout this process. Father, your word says in Job twenty-two twenty-eight that I shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto me and the light shall shine upon my ways. Therefore, we decree that, uh, therefore I decree, Father, that we are successful because of the covenant you made to our ancestors. I decree that because we tithe, you are opening up the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing that we don't have room enough to store it. I decree that you have opened up a door for us that no one can close. I decree that yes, indeed, it won't be long now, according to Amos 9, 13 through 15, that things are going to happen so fast our head will swim, that one thing fast on the heels of the other, that we won't even be able to keep up every Everything will be happening at once and everywhere we look blessings. I decree that we do not have the spirit of timidity or fear, but of power.
power, love, and self-discipline. I decree that we have peace that surpasses all understanding. I decree that everything that you promised us in 2018 will come to pass in Jesus' name. I decree that, that we will walk boldly in your promises, boldly in the visions and the businesses that you have placed on the inside of our hearts, Lord God. Father, I thank you that your word does not return back to you void. I thank you that your word also says to give you no rest, that you have put watchmen on our walls and to give you no rest. So Father, as we endure the discomfort of this season, we give you no rest, Father, to what your word says. And I thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your word will never return back to you void. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, you guys, that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Uh, remember, I'm fasting from Instagram. So if you want to reach me, email me at Tatum at TatumTamia.com or you can tweet me. I am on Twitter sometimes at TatumTamia and I will talk to you guys next week. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing. 